This is the Dao De Jing podcast. 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 Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, mothers and fathers, brothers and sisters, to the Dao De Jing podcast. And with your host, Shu Li. On another sunny day, how apt! It is also a Sunday, the eleventh of June, two thousand and twenty-three, in the year of our Lord, episode twenty-six. Not that the episodes really matter anyway, because we go by the chapters here in the Tao Te Ching. Today we'll be focusing on chapter twenty-one. Like last episode, but this time we'll do the second part of chapter twenty-one. So we'll start pretty much halfway through, where it talks about it embraces semen-like essence. Qi zhong you jing. If you're following in the Chinese, the Mandarin. But before we head to the meat. To the content of this episode, I just like to share a couple of updates that I have about what's been happening with my life in the past month that I've been away. So the last episode, episode twenty-five, was released about a month ago, four weeks ago, and since then I've been through a couple of Ups and downs.、Uh, past week, I've been sick, and also I've received the news that my grandmother, my paternal grandmother, my father's mother, have passed away in Malaysia, and her funeral being in Kuala Lumpur two days after. So she passed away on the thirty first of May, two thousand and twenty three, and she had a funeral, which I wanted to attend. I was ready to attend, but then my father told me that I should stay in Australia and just、uh, look after my young children because I got two young children I have to look after, and it was quite. A bit of a rush to get to the funeral, since it was a late notice. So he said it's best not to rush. Just stay here, look after your children, and I'll go.、Uh, him and my mom went to Malaysia and、um, joined the funeral in Malaysia for my grandmother's passing. And you could say that yes, I am in a moment of grief, in a moment of mourning right now. Still, I don't know how long these moments are gonna last. Moments of mourning, moments of sadness, moments of melancholy. Moments of grief.
Perhaps some of you have been through grief. It's hard to describe. There are no words that you can use to summate how you feel about the loss of a loved one. Especially if your grandmother was close to you like she was. And that's why, that's partly the reason why the last time I went back to Malaysia, which was about seven or eight years ago, I took my, back then she was only, I think two and a half with almost three year old daughter did to see my grandmother. This time it's sad I couldn't take my son. I took my daughter to see my grandmother for the first time and the very last time. And to her, that would have been her great-grandmother. So in our language in Hakka, the, one of the Chinese languages, she, my daughter would have called her Atai. Atai is a reference to the great-grandmother. But um, in the Mandarin, what they call would be Zheng Zhu Mu. right? The great-grandmother. And a few years ago, we would have had five generations living. So my great-grandmother was just alive maybe about within five years ago. <clears throat> So it would have been an incredible blessing to have the five generations all living at the same time. But anyway, life goes on. Life is, the world is, your family situation is, it is what it is. And... We have to face the music, so to speak. We have to face our lives. We have to face the grief, the sadness, the emotions. We deal with them as they come. Now in Taoism, The passing of a loved one, I mean, theoretically speaking, they say the passing of someone, the death of someone, death itself is a natural phenomenon. That's in theory. That's what they say. I don't know if they say that to console you. Like when people pass away, people give their condolences to family members. I don't know if these words are just said to console the person who's still living or whether they have any meaning in themselves. 
whichever the case, I still feel the emotions that run through my veins, the thoughts that come into my head, the memories that beat from my heart. Every time I think of my beloved grandmother, she was an exceptional person and a diligent grandmother and a mother to her 11 children. And whatever I say is not going to do her justice for all the effort and the love and the time that she committed to her family. She had 11 children, of which 10 were boys, and the second one was a daughter, which is my auntie. And they're all alive and well in Malaysia. <clears throat> so it happens, <clears throat> excuse me, on my mother's side that they also had 11, but I think one passed away and they were left with 10. And my maternal grandparents were ready to sell my mom, who was the 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 tenth one, the last one. She was. They were ready to give her away. Until one of her elder sisters, which is my my auntie, one of my aunties, begged on her knees, begged my grandparents, my maternal grandparents, to keep her, and then my maternal grandparents because they probably didn't have the enough resources to to raise the last child, said, all right, if you want to keep this child, you look after her. And so that was the situation on my mom's side with my mom. I diverge. I'm talking about my grandmother. That's another story for another day. If people are interested in that, I may tell it. I may expand on that story on another podcast, but this episode, I'm just letting you all know about the passing of my paternal grandmother, my father's mother, who I interviewed about seven or eight years ago when I went to this trip to Malaysia to visit her for the last time. And... I had a feeling that I really had to do that. I had to make that interview. So I got my camcorder, my cheap Sony $100, $150 camcorder, and I set it up in front of us at the back of her house, my grandmother's house in Malaysia in Surumban town. And we just sat down and I asked her about 20 questions or so about just some simple basic questions about her life, about the world that she lives in. And she was able to give me a pretty candid response. And through that video, that interview, I was, we're all, we were all as a family, as a huge family able to come to a realization or maybe a deeper realization of who she was as a person, as an individual, right? 
We all as a family knew what she was like for the family. She was uh, a benevolent mother. She was caring. She was loving. She was self-sacrificial. She loved her children more than she loved herself. She served her husband, my grandfather. She served the children. She was day and night, nonstop, 24-7, constantly, consistently talking about caring for her children, wanting to know about her grandchildren. So I'm really thankful to have a grandmother like that, to have had, and to have as well. Because I believe, even though she has passed, uh, she has passed and recently she became a convert to Christianity. They say that she's gone to heaven. Whether or not that is true, that's not my place to determine. But I want to say that may she rest in peace. But I know she's still living in my heart. She's still living in the hearts of her children, in the hearts of her grandchildren, in our hearts and our minds and in our memories. And that all comes through this interview that I made with her. And if you want to, if you're interested or curious to watch this interview, it only goes on for a few minutes. It's on YouTube. It's on my channel. My channel is called Brother Bruce Channel. Brother Bruce at 4689. Brother Bruce at 4689. So if you want to search up for that channel, you can go to that channel. And that video is entitled Grandma. Grandma. Just one word. You can search that or just look through the, the body of work that I have there on my channel. Brother Bruce channel at 4689. And you'll be able to you will be able to get an idea of what she was like as a person. And I'm really glad I made that video because after that, shortly after that video, she got dementia. And then she started to forget who people were. And she didn't have her wits about her. So that was pretty much the first and the last proper video of her that you will see of her, that anybody will see of her with the wits about her and her individuality. And I'm so glad that that remains as a record of and a snippet of the relationship that we have and a snippet of her as an individual. I 
I guess the same time heels is going to play a big factor here in consoling me and consoling members of my family. It's going to take time. But I take hope and I take refuge and I take comfort in the fact that my grandmother, even though she is past, even though she is resting now in peace, you may call it gone to heaven. She lives in our hearts. That's a main fact here that I want to emphasize is that she lives on. The spirit lives on. The spirit of her lives on in our hearts. There's no denying that. Whether or not I can say she's gone to heaven or not, or whether she's gone to another place, I don't know. What I can say is she lives in my heart. And she definitely lives in the hearts of her children and her offspring and her progeny. And she will live on. So I'm thankful for that. And this is part of the Tao of the universe as well. When we look upon the relationships, we reflect upon, we think upon, we ruminate on, we dwell, we meditate on, we dream about the relationships that we have with the people close to us. This is part of the Tao of the universe. These phenomena, the spiritual phenomena, exists in our hearts and minds because this is part of how the Tao works and the Tao permeates through the universe. You know, years back after my paternal grandfather died, I went to visit the house in which he passed away, right? I, I went to visit the old house. Unfortunately, I was not able to make it for the funeral. But I went there afterwards, and I slept in his room. I slept in his room the first night I arrived back in Malaysia. Everybody was saying, don't go into that room. He just passed away. It could be haunted or something. I said, yeah, whatever you want to say. It may be haunted. It may not be. That's irrelevant. The important thing is I need to feel a connection with my grandfather. So I went and slept in his room. And that night, I had a dream of my grandfather. You may think it's a bit spooky or absurd or whatever. But I had a positive green dream of my grandfather. He appeared to me in my dreams. I can't remember. That was so long back, many years ago, I can't remember exactly what he said. But I do remember it was positive vibes. I didn't I I don't remember it to be anything negative. I remember it to be positive. So it was a positive experience. And I was 
happy that I received that dream from whoever it was. It may be, it may have been from his spirit. It may have been from myself. Who knows? That's irrelevant. The important thing is, it happened. It happened, and I felt his vibes. And they were good. And that's what matters. At the end of the day, when you go lie down on your bed to rest, to sleep, we want to have positive vibes. We don't want to go down to sleep all negative, feeling dirty, feeling incomplete. We want to have positive vibes. We want to have good relations with the people whom we live with. And this all contributes to our own well-being, happiness. It's there, right? If you want to be happy, if you want happiness, be happy. As the famous author said, be happy. Just be. It's right there. The vibe is here. All right, moving on now. The second update that I want to give everyone is that, you know, apart from podcasting and spiritual wisdom, spiritual wisdom and education that I'm doing that I'm doing here on this podcast, some of you may know I have a love for music and languages. I've been learning languages nonstop in my life, I guess. And I guess all of us, even if we do speak one language, we continue to learn the language. Every day we may be learning some new words or some new phrases from our surroundings, from people. At the, at the moment, apart from Mandarin and English, I know basic of Cantonese, basic of Arabic, basic of Indonesian and Malaysian, because I learned that recently in the past year by myself. I am inter intermediate level in Spanish. Uh, I'm learning Hindi. I'm learning Serbian. I'm trying to learn some Shauna. Shauna is uh, one of the languages in spoken in Zimbabwe, in Africa. Shauna is one of the main ones there. And where I work, I see a few people from Zimbabwe here and there. So I learn from them. There's also, I see a lot of people from Ghana. And a lot of them speak Chui, the language of Chui. And I'll also try to learn that as well when I can, but uh, I can't get too many in my pocket at one time. <laughs> it's quite, it can get quite confusing. So I make sure that when I learn two or three languages at the same time, they're all quite, quite different. So at the moment, I got Serbian. That's quite different from Hindi. And Hindi is quite different from Shona. And so these three, I'm trying to learn just the basics. I'm not getting too ambitious, trying to learn too much. I just want to master some of the basics 
so that I can communicate with some of the customers at my work. And I find that that is such a fulfilling thing to do, to have pleasant conversations with people wherever you are, whether they are strangers or whether they are known to you. I endeavor to have those pleasant conversations, pleasant interactions. And that's part of the the way this universe works. Right? We want to have these harmonious interactions with people. We want to have positive vibes. We want to groove benevolently. We don't want to get into altercations or conflict with people. Right? I try to avoid that. Even though I know that's inevitable in life. Conflict is inevitable. Like one famous teacher in the past, he said, In this world, you will have trouble. Right? In this world, you will have trouble. So he knew that we're going to have trouble. It's like the Stoic philosophers. Marcus Aurelius, I don't know if anybody has heard of this Roman emperor who was a philosopher. Marcus Aurelius. I love this book. I read a long time ago. I still have it on my shelf. He, one of the Stoic philosophers, he said, every day you wake up, expect that you will have trouble. But know that if you're in the right, you're not going to be the one perpetrating. You're not going to be the one committing or causing this trouble. If other people cause the trouble, then you know that they're at fault. It's not you. It's not on you. Right? If the ball comes to you and you're hitting it well, it's not on you. If they're not hitting it well, it's on them. If they muck up, if they stuff up, if they offend, if they want to create chaos and mayhem and be rude and carry on, let it be, because that's on them. That's not on us. That's not on me. I don't go around trying to cause problems for people. I'm sure most people don't either. I'm sure as well. People sometimes are just in a bad mood. And I think it happens to all of us. So I'm not going to try and pretend that I'm a holy man. I'm walking around perfect all the time. No, I admit that I get angry sometimes. I admit that I am rude sometimes. Because of the mood that I'm in sometimes. Because... Of the anxiety and pressures I put upon myself. Because sometimes I let society overcome me. I'm not concentrating on how I can overcome it. Or overcome society. Or flow with the Tao. Like water. 
like nature. Sometimes I get stuck in this corner. Sometimes we put ourselves in this situation where we're stuck in between a rock and a hard place. And we cannot release ourselves. We need the help of someone else or the help of the Tao, the universal spirit, or just to meditate upon these thoughts. Perhaps just to meditate and take some time out would help us all. So, let me get back on point here. I just wanted to share that apart from music and languages, I also dabble in the art of filmmaking. And just recently, the interview of me with uh, film festival director, Ken Hess, by the name of Ken Hess. He runs an experimental film podcast. His podcast is called Experimental Film Podcast, right? The Experimental Film Podcast. If you're interested, I'm just throwing it out there for anyone interested in this subject or this field or, or art of experimental filmmaking or art in general. My interview is there on his podcast at the moment under uh, Shu Lee. My name is Shu Lee here, S-H-U-L-E-E. -E. If you're interested at all, if you want to look that up, please do. You're welcome to listen to the interview that I gave here on the experiment. Not here, but on his experimental film podcast with Ken Hess, K-E-N-H-E-S-S. -S. Just something if you're interested in. Now, that we're done with that, let's get on into the groove to today's topic. We're finishing off chapter one of the Tao Te Ching. I'm going to start reading the Chinese here. In the Chinese text, it says the first line from the middle of chapter 21 says, Qi Zhong Yu Jing. Qi Zhong Yu Jing means, in the English, it embraces semen like essence. It embraces semen like essence. This is the polished translation. But if you want to delve deeper and get accuracy into the meaning of this text, you have to look into the original language, what it says here in the original language, which words they use. So qi zhong qi means it, its, like it, it's. I-T-S, okay? Not I-T apostrophe S. I-T-S, it's. Qi means it's, I-T-S. Zhong, zhong means middle. In this context, it means in the middle of it. 
So qi zhong means in the middle of it. Yu jing you means to have. Right? Jing means, well, this word we need to magnify into to really get the essence of this word. Jing means many things. Jing means essence. But this word in English is quite broad. If you said essence, it's still wishy-washy. It's still surface level. We don't have a clue what this essence is. What is essence? Right? Jing means essence. Essentially, it means essence. Okay, let's move on to the next definition of or description of what Jing means. Jing could also mean vitality. Vitality, as in life, right? It could mean, Jing could mean energy, the energy of life, the energy you see around you, the energy in something, the energy that something, some body gives off. That is Jing. Jing also means semen, as in sperm, right? Because we know that life comes from this sperm. So Jing could also mean that physically. Literally, it could mean semen. And this is still used in modern Mandarin today. All right. The fifth definition, it could mean elite. Jing could mean elite. As in the top of something, the best of something, the cream of the crop. Creme de la creme as I say in French. Because why do we use that French expression in English? When uh, the English and French were enemies at many times during their history. Well, because the uh, Normandy invasion, the, 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 the French at one time conquered England. They ruled England. The French became the creme de la creme of England, even though they were living in England, they were the top, they were the elite. So Jing also means elite. Elite means the top. Now, in modern, in a modern context, Jing Yingban, Jing Yingban, if we said Jing Yingban, that means like the opportunity class, the top class, right? Jing Yingban. Now, Let's go to the sixth definition. Jing could mean spirit, right? Like a mythical spirit. Not as in your soul. Soul, we use ling, that's a different word, that rhymes, right? We use ling in Mandarin. The word for soul is ling, linghun. But Jing means spirit as in like a mythical spirit. One of those kind of fictional fictional characters in uh, in cartoons or in movies, you see the mythical spirit, the Jing, as in like a fairy, like a 
like a jinn in, in Arabic. They would call that a jinn. And it sounds very similar to this Chinese word, jing. Okay? Instead, the Arabic one is J-I-N, whereas this one is J-I-N-G. Okay? But similar. Similar definition, similar sound. Seventh meaning of this word jing is the proficient. Very sharp or clever. If if I said someone is very jing, ta han jing. If I couple it with the uh, another word ming, jin ming, ta han jin ming, it means he's very clever. He's very sharp. He's very smart. Jing, okay. Of course, the standard word for smart is chung ming, but there are many, of course, words to describe intelligent person in Mandarin. And even more in classical Chinese, and one of them is Jing. And as a matter of colloquial speech in Mandarin, you could also say someone is very Jing. Ta Han Jing, that means he's very smart. Okay? Jing could also mean refined or meticulous and excellent. Okay? So it gives this, it's similar to being elite. Jing is very, like, high class, so to speak. And the last definition of Jing is choice. Not as in to choose, but as in the choice, noun, like a noun, the noun, choice. This is, uh, or the adjective, this is very choice. This is the, the selected, the selected, the best so to speak. That's similar to elite. It's similar to refined. But with this last definition, it is actually describing rice, right? R-I-C-E, the rice that we eat. So jing could be used to describe the best type of rice that we eat. And if you look at this word, this character, this hanzi, if you look at the left-hand particle of this hanzi, you will actually see the symbol of mi, which is rice, the actual rice grain, right? And that is what this star type of looking type of radical looks like. It, it is referring to the grain of rice that we eat, right? Once that we cook and we eat. So that's why... I had to share with you these eight specific meanings of what Jing is. Right, that's, that will give you a good survey of what this word Jing means. So it says, the sentence says, Qi zhong you Jing. So it says, in the middle of it, there is essence. There is this semen-like essence. If I was to translate all this into scientific speech or speak, we could also essentially describe Jing as atom, all right? Because as I was taught in high school science, what is the smallest particle that anything can be broken into? It can be broken into, as we all know, atom, the atom, all right? Now, if you search even deeper, 
even further, you will get what's atom made of? Protons, neutrons, electrons. All these scientific words that don't mean much, but that describe the what an atom is made of. Protons, neutrons, electrons. Now, what is what is if you could go even deeper into that, what is an electron, right? What makes up these parts? And scientific knowledge will tell you that if you go even deeper into that, you will get such a thing called a quark, right? You will get quarks, Q-U-A-R-K-S, quarks and gluons, G-L-U-O-N-S. You will get these two phenomena. Quarks and gluons. Alright? Let's just stick to quarks. So Jing could refer also to quarks. The smallest particle of anything in this universe. An atom, proton, electrons, neutrons, and then quarks. Quarks and gluons, and everything in the universe is made up of these two things, quarks and gluons, giving us protons, neutrons, electrons, and then atoms. Everything is made up of the, the relationship between these two phenomena. Right? When you get a combination of phenomena, you create other phenomena. All right? It's always with the combinations. It's like... If I could give you a historical example, the Roman Empire, in their mythology, how did the Roman Empire start, or the Roman Kingdom, or the Roman people, how did they begin? You have to look back into their past and into their mythology, because sometimes history has missing pages to it. You can't always rely on history. So sometimes you have to look at the mythology. And in the Roman mythology, they will tell you that the way Rome as a kingdom or as a people were birthed was not from Italy itself, not just from the land of Italy itself, not from Rome itself, not from just Roman tribes or tribes that were on the peninsula of Italy. But from this other person that came, this hero, he was a Greek hero that came onto the peninsula and mixed in with the local population. All right. And that's how Rome was born. So the analogy here, the picture here, the story here, the pattern here is that you have a foreign entity that comes into your locale, into your local place, and it mixes in with the local population, and then it creates this new phenomenon, this new idea, this new force, this new power, this new identity, and then this new identity develops so well on that piece of land that it becomes dominant, just like Rome did. Right. If I could give you an example from Chinese history, 
back in the before the Qin Dynasty. This is the Qin Dynasty. I'm talking about the Q I N, not the Q I N G, not the Qing Dynasty. 不是清朝，就是秦秦朝。This is the Qin Kingdom, the Kingdom of Qin Q I N. This is Qin Shi Huang, the first emperor, his kingdom, right? Before the first emperor became emperor, he was a king of his kingdom, the kingdom of Qin. To the, it's kind of his kingdom is kind of located in the middle of China at the moment. But back then, it was considered western part of western part of the Chinese dynasties or the Chinese civilization. So it was the western part, and they were kind of like a crude people. They were regarded as More crude than the other kingdoms, and one of the mo- more refined kingdoms was the kingdom of Lu on the northeast of China, which is I think Shandong Province in modern day China. They were considered more civilized, whereas Qin was in the inland, and they were considered more crude. Okay, and in fact, they were probably they probably were more crude because they were more into、uh, they were they weren't a coastal kingdom like Lu, like Wu. They weren't coastal. They were inland, more inland. Probably life was harsh, harsher or harder for them. Right to develop, but they eventually developed such a military power under the Qin kings and under a reform of a foreign, a a foreign strategist, right, a foreign political architect. Uh, I think his name was Shangyang. He went to he traveled all around the kingdoms at that stage, and he went to. The king of Qin, and the king of Qin took up his ideas, and then with these legal, social, political reforms, coming from a guy who was not from Qin, who was a foreigner back then, this kingdom of Qin became the dominant kingdom. After a few, I think a few hundred years, within a hundred years or two hundred years. The kingdom of Qin became the most powerful kingdom out of all the seven kingdoms at that stage. This is during the Warring States period in China, and that's how Qin Shi Huang was able to take the take the armies of Qin and conquer the rest of the the other kingdoms and unite those kingdoms under his rulership under his.、Um, Empireship, and he became the first emperor of so-called China as we know it, kind of today. So, my my example was to show that essence or Qing is always powered by a foreign entity, a foreign entity that comes. You could say protrudes. You could say it. Comes and joins, it crashes your party. He comes or she comes, 
or it comes or they come and they come and mix with you, locals. And then they create this new identity and it flourishes in the new land and it becomes dominant and it becomes a power not to be messed with, uh, a true force and a, a new identity in its own right. So this is what this sentence is saying. It means there is this essence here. There is a life force here. The next line, this essence, this force, this quark is a real, right? It's real. It has to be reckoned with, right? It cannot be condescended to anymore. You know, when the people of India, they rose up, They rose up to the British Empire. They had to be reckoned with. The British Empire had to face the music. They could not sweep Mahatma Gandhi, people like him, with that type of influence and power. That kind of reality, that kind of spiritual reality, that kind of essence. They could not sweep these kind of people under the carpet anymore. Like they had wanted to. That had to... They wish that they could click their fingers and make people like Mahatma Gandhi disappear with magic, but they, they could not. You see? That's why he's saying, Dr. Jin is saying, jing, there is quark, there is uh, gluons, there is essence, there is vitality of life, there is energy here. Right? This is the elite. These are refined people. They're excellent people. They are the choice of the choice. Creme de la creme. They are real and you have to deal with them. Right? These things, these real essence, these, this real vitality, this real energy is real. This energy is real and you have to deal with them. Right? There's going to be real energy in your life and you're going to have to deal with it. Or you can become the real energy in your life and you make people treat you seriously, right? This is partly what it's saying in society. And then, that which is the next line, which means in the middle of it, there is also truth and trustworthiness. Ah, sin is a word which means trustworthiness. Your sin, it can also mean belief. Okay, but the sentence is translated to the, the essence is a genuine existence and this can be tested as true. It is a true thing. Okay, and it is trustworthy. trustworthy. It's trustworthy. Right, you can depend on it. So if you go back to the quark, to the gluons, to the essence, to the vitality, to the energy of life, the semen, right, of all life, you to the egg of all life, you will find trustworthiness. You will find something that you can believe in, right? And it will never abandon you. As it has been said, you will find the truth and the truth 
will set you free, but will make you free. Okay, the next line here, it says, 自古及今，自古自 means from, 古 means ancient times, 及 means until, 今 means today, 今天 means today, 今 means today, 自古 means from the ancient times, 及今 until today, 其名不去。其名，其 means its， 名 means name， 不去 does not go， does not go away。Its name has always been accepted in the refined English translation， but the concentration here， the focus here of this sentence is 名， so it's giving a time frame， right？ It's saying from ancient times until today， which means throughout all of history， this truth， this name。Does not change. In other words, yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and forever, this name stays with us. You cannot get rid of it. Buchi, it doesn't go, and we、we'll、still use that in modern Mandarin today. Buchi means not going anywhere, right? Qi Ming, its name. So instead of Qi, today we would use Ta. 他的他的名他的名气 ，which means its reputation. 他的名气 ，its reputation. 不去 ，we would say 不消失。不消失 means it doesn't. It's not going to fade. It's not going to vanquish. Right? It's not going anywhere. The name is staying. The name represents reputation. This reputation of what? This reputation of the jing, of the vitality, of the energy, right? The semen essence, vitality, this spirit, this sharpness, this cleverness about you, this aura, this quark. It does not go anywhere. It's not going anywhere. You can rely on it. It's as hard as rock. It's like a firm foundation. It's the rock. It's your rock. Whenever you need consolation, like in, in my time of grief, in my time of mourning right now, I need consolation. I need someone to help me out. I need a hand to hold. I need a crutch to lean on. Spiritually, mentally, psychologically, socially. I need someone to hold. I need a refuge over my head to protect me from the wind, from the rain, from the storm raging. I need these comforts. They're my creature comforts. I'm a creature, so I need to have these comforts. Of course, sometimes I can brave the wind. I can explore the wild. I can walk the wilderness, but at other times I'm going to need my time of rest, my time of shelter, where I'm going to climb and crawl under that rock, like the turtle, like the crab. I'm going to have to hide sometimes in my life. It's not all about being a hero. It's not all about 
being macho, it's not all about being alpha. It's also about being delta. It's also about being omega. Right? There's the alpha, and then there's the omega. There's the beginning, and then there's the end. Life is not all about being alpha. Sometimes you have to take the back seat. You have to be omega. You have to be delta. You have to be the other. You have to be the alternative. And that's what gives you the rest. So you like go, 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 but you always, of course, at the back of your mind, you have to stop, stop, stop as well. It's just like your car goes, but it can only go so far. And then you have to stop it at the gas station or at the petrol station to fill up again. And that's where we meditate. We meditate on these things, on the name, on the energy, on the vitality, because that's true. That is tried and tested form of meditation. Tried and tested form of what we can rely on. That is the name. All right. Now, how do we know what this is, what the name is? Where do we go? The next line says, Yi Yue. Yi means to take. Yue means to read, like Yue Du in modern Mandarin means to read something, right? Yue Du or to survey something. Now, this word is very interesting. Fu means the beginning of all things. So, the English translation says, and with which the beginning of all things can be surveyed can be researched, right? can be read, can be known, in other words. So you can find out your past, you can find out your ancestry. Fu means basically father or the beginning or the origin of something. Right? You can find out your past by going into that person, into that ancestor that you know about. It could also be referring to a grandmother. Right in, the, in my case, it's referring to grandmother. So Zhong Fu, in my case right now, it's referring to my grandmother. There's no reason why my grandmother cannot also be Zhong Fu. Right? So if I want to know something about this name, something about this energy that is so reliable, I can go to my grandmother. I can go to my grandfather. I can go to my great-grandmother, whoever it is, in my ancestry, I can go back to. I can go back and I can seek answers from them to get deeper into the Tao, to get deeper into the universe. Because in them, in my ancestors also, I can also find part of the universe. And the last sentence here, is me. How? means how in here, in the classical. means to know. is father. Or the ancestor, zhi means the initial state, the state of something. How do I know the state, the initial state of all things? Yi means by this way, this is the way, by this way, this is how I know it. This is how I know the Tao. All right. So that's all I have time for this week. My brothers and sisters, I thank you for joining me. For another episode and I look forward to sharing with you in the next episode of the Dao De Jing podcast.